villainy swells. With an army of the galaxy's most vicious criminals, Darth Maul and Savage Opress conspire with Pre Vizsla and the Death Watch to topple Duchess Satine, ruler of Mandalore. While the conspirators prepare to attack the Mandalorian capital of Sundari from a base on Zanbar, the fate of 2,000 other neutral systems is under threat as Darth Maul moves closer to establishing a vast criminal empire. Once again, Bucketheads, Mavar Tigar. Welcome to the 206th dangerously duplicitous episode of MandoVision, Nargai Tom. And thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. We're so glad you're here. Buckethead Nation is stronger with you in it. Remember to find us on social media, where we're at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. Email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. So how are we doing? We are back in the thick of it. The Star Wars The Clone Wars rewatch series has resumed. And, you know, I promised you <laughs> that we were getting to, like, the juiciest part of the steak right here. Because uh, these episodes we're watching right now and, and the episodes coming up are all meat. <laughs> there is no, there's no fat on the bone to be had in the next stretch of episodes to close out Season 5 of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Uh, it, it's, it's, at this point, the show is, 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 is so finely tuned uh, and, and delivering just incredible uh, a storytelling uh, across the board, you know, whether it's, it's pertaining to Mandalore, pertaining to our Jedi heroes, uh, the, 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 the plots of Darth Sidious. Uh, just massively impressive storytelling happening. And then... I'm so glad we're here to talk about these things because it's been a lot of fun to revisit them going back to it. Man, oh man, stuff is pretty, pretty, pretty awesome. So let's go ahead. Let's get our particulars out of the way. You know, no no need for a long preamble on this one. We're just going to hit the episode, uh, you know, right now because I want to talk about it. Gosh darn it. It's, it's important that we do. All right. This is Star Wars The Clone Wars Season 5, Episode 15. Shades of Reason. Original air date January 26, 2013. Written by Chris Collins, directed by Bosco and G. Our cast for this week's episode is Sam Witwier as Maul. John Favreau is Pre Vizsla. Julian Holloway returns as Almec. Anna Graves is Duchess of Teen Kreese. 
Uh, Bo-Katan. Oh, my God. Katie Sackhoff is Bo-Katan. Clancy Brown is Savage Press. Corey Burton returns to do some voice work as it's in Moj. Uh, Tom Kane is our narrator. Uh, Dave Filoni has a small little part in this as an enforcer and a tour, go- tour, tour guide droid. And Matt Lanter is Lom Pike. So Matt Lanter getting a little bit of work in this episode, even though he's not being Anakin Skywalker. Our plot this week, the Sith Brothers and their criminal allies attack Mandalore, and the Death Watch pretends to defeat them, causing the gullible people to choose Pre Vizsla's rule over Duchess Satine's. Now, I don't feel like that's a Disney-approved plot. That sounds like someone went into the internet and typed that one in there themselves. It wasn't me, I promise you. I would have done a much better job. And <laughs> Our Jedi fortune cookie for the week. Alliances can stall true intentions. Uh, as we, we pretty clearly established on, on in our conversation last week and, and the episode itself, uh, it, it was only a matter of time before Vizsla and Maul came into direct conflict with each other. Um, Vizsla does not share in Maul's grand plan for the galaxy at large. He simply wants Mandalore. And when he gets what he wants, uh, that's when it's going to be time to turn the tables on Maul. But the question, I suppose, is, does you know Maul anticipates this, right? But is it all part of Maul's plan to begin with? I sort of wonder about that. We'll talk a little bit about that because there is some some dialogue in the episode between Savage and Maul, uh, sort of predicting the the inevitable betrayal of Pre Vizsla. Uh, so so we'll, we'll talk about these things. Uh, let's go ahead, get to the other side of the show, dive into again that the, the, the juicy juicy meat of this episode, uh, and and while we do that, we will transition with uh, with Maul kind of laying out just how. The Shadow Collective is gonna gonna take Mandalore from Duchess Satine. And yeah, he's just gonna lay it down for us. So let's do that and we will get into the episode proper there. But one thing to do first, you know it's that time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. Where are my targets? We've identified them at these locations. However, as I've said before, if we try to take Mandalore by force. Our people will turn against us. I will use my army of crime lords to attack different targets across Sundari and sow chaos to undermine the Duchess's rule. Our gangsters will make her look too weak to maintain control. Then you and your Death Watch will capture and arrest us, bringing order where Satine's weak government could not. We'll be saviors. Exactly. A good plan. Indeed. I'll prepare the troops. So now you've heard the plan, you know that they're gonna be putting on the Shadow Collective will be putting on a bit of a, a bit of a, a charade, if you will, to, to sort of dupe the people of Mandalore into uh, you know, not believing that Satine is able to protect them to keep them safe, so the Death Watch will be able to swoop in on their jetpacks. Route the bad guys, save the day, be the heroes, and then become, uh, you know, basically Maul sort of puppet leaders for the Shadow Collective on Mandalore. And it's, as, as Vizsla said, it's a good plan, uh, one that he approves of. And it's an interesting plan, to say the least. Uh, it is sort of interesting to see these, these, these criminals kind of, you know, play a role like this. They're like, oh, we're going to go storm the docks on on uh, Sundari or at Sundari 
and and eventually we're gonna let the Death Watch route us, right? And there's a uh, it's, the only problem with the plan is I feel like there's a lot of different ways it could go wrong. Now, of of course, uh, on Mandalore at and and under Satine's rule, uh, it's it's a pacifist government. There's not a lot of uh, defense capabilities on the part of the Mandalorian people. Like their security forces are quickly outmatched and overwhelmed. So in, in that regard, uh, the the plan is solid. It's a little surprising that that Death Watch's plan wasn't just to simply execute all of these people once once they de- deposed of Satine. But we'll get there. We'll get there. There there like I said, there's some some quirks to this plan that I have a few issues with. Just again, nits to pick, I suppose. Because again, this is an amazing episode of the show. It it really does a nice job of sort of setting Maul up for for some big stuff in the next episode in particular, but but for also for down the road. So it's it's great in that regards, and I, I feel like I shouldn't nitpick, but I will <laughs> just to, just a little just a little bit just a little bit. Uh, let's go ahead now and in here, uh, Vizla. After they break up, after that meeting that we just heard breaks up, uh, Bo-Katan wants a word with Vizla, and he definitely has some ideas of how things are going to really go for Death Watch once they get back to Mandalore. So let's check it out. It's a risk to trust those monsters. How do we know they'll keep their end of the bargain? We need those Sith and their thugs to cause some pain and show the Mandalorian people how weak Satine really is. After this is done, no one will doubt why we're in power. Most will welcome us. Then what? Then we execute Maul and those thugs. Those criminals will scatter and Mandalore will be ours. And Bo-Katan likes that plan. Very, very much. So, I it's at this point I do I do wonder a little bit uh, about just how Bo-Katan found her way to Death Watch and to Vizsla. Obviously, he made some sort of overture. Uh, it probably wasn't a well guarded secret that Bo-Katan disagreed with her sister's uh, pacifist philosophies and and found her way to the Death Watch. Uh, and I, I I have not watched the third episode in the arc yet to see if that if that's underlighted or highlighted because again at this point we still don't know that they're related uh but what i do think is interesting because again this the revelation that bo katan is Satine's sister does come out and again it, it makes me sort of wonder uh, just how much they sort of had planned out for bo katan ahead of time because it, it it is again interesting to me that bo katan would as a member of the royal house be the second in command to pa- uh, to pre vizsla here and I just sort of wonder how that came to be, or if she simply accepted that because he was the one in possession of the Darksaber uh, and didn't feel the need to challenge him, or perhaps she did and Vizsla bested her in combat. So instead of, But instead of killing her, you know, she just had to follow and, and became like the, his, his sort of a right-hand uh, person, if you will. So I, I have... A million questions about Bo-Katan, and, and so many of them are sort of coming to, to light. Rewatching these episodes, knowing what we know now from The Mandalorian and, and, and from her time on Rebels, obviously, too. There's so much to Bo-Katan's backstory that I'm just uh, – is, is rife for exploring. And I, I wonder if the day and time and media will ever be allowed to kind of explore these things. Would it be a book? Do we get a Katie Sackhoff-led Bo-Katan series? Uh, is, is there a comic book in our future? Uh, perhaps something in the film. You know, we've been told there's a film coming. Is is that how we sort of uh, fill in some more gaps in, in Bo-Katan's history? Because I'd, I'd like to explore it. Because I do think, again, if you're a long-time listener to the podcast, I have said this before. 
I find it very, very interesting. We've not really covered uh, in in live action shows in the Mandalorian, our time with Bo-Katan. We've not covered her sort of dark and tumultuous past with the Death Watch, with overthrowing her sister's government. Again, still no mention of her sister in the live action series. It seems to be something that I don't know if they are intentionally avoiding just to kind of keep the story sort of uh, simple and straightforward without making people feel like they need to go back to rewatch the Clone Wars, even though they should, in parentheses right there. Um, it's, it's, it just is one of those questions I would love to have an answer to one of these days. And, and uh, you know, if I ever saw Dave Filoni on the streets of San Diego, I would certainly attempt to ask him that question, uh, at least before he was able to run away from me in, in absolute abject terror of, of, <laughs> of my face. So I'm very curious. Back to this episode, though. Uh, so we're setting this up. We're the inevitable betrayal uh, of our two big bads in this episode, Maul and Vizsla. Again, they're playing nice for now, but Vizsla has his own ideas, and they're not the same as Maul's. So let's kind of hear what Maul and Savage Opress think of the partnership status <laughs> with, with Vizsla and the Death Watch. I believe Vizsla will betray us. We have no other choice. We cannot rule openly without drawing the attention of the Jedi. We need Vizsla as the face of our rule, for now. The promise of wealth will find us a new face on Mandalore. You have learned well, my apprentice. Greed never fails to motivate. So now the plan is put into action. Uh, the forces of the Shadow Collective move in on Sundari, the capital of Mandalore. They attack at the port. They attack the people. They attempt to rob the treasury. Uh, all these things in a, in a very public effort to destabilize the pacifist government of Duchess Satine. This is the very thing that Death Watch has been after since we first met them back in Season 2. This has been what they've wanted. Now they've, they've done it. They've gone about it via Maul's plan and, and, and Maul's uh, formation of, of, of criminal syndicates uh, in, in a much more thought-out manner than they were doing it before, where they were simply uh, terrorists blowing up, you know, spots around Sundari and, and uh, you know, coming across as, as, as terrorists. And now they are in a position to, to be the heroes, to save the day, as, as the people are instantly fearful that, that Satine's government cannot protect them. Uh, and Vizsla is there to uh, win the hearts and minds of the people by interrupting and calling out Satine directly during a speech in which she's trying to put the people at ease. So I want to go ahead and play the sequence. It's a little echoey because you know they're 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 giving they're they're <sighs> they're talking to a very large crowd. So it's like that magnified voice. So it's a little echoey on purpose. So that's why it sounds the way that it sounds. So check it out. Vizsla, you must be the one responsible for these attacks. No, I'm not responsible, but I can offer a solution. People of Mandalore! I am Free Vizsla of Clan Vizsla. Death Watch is here to save you from these intergalactic gangsters that threaten our great city. This is a war, and we will win. Yep, the people like that one. The sheeple like that one. They'll like anybody who'll keep them safe. 
doesn't matter the cost at all, does it? They don't think about these things. But <laughs> maybe they're not, quite, they're not quite privy to the machinations of Maul at this point. So yeah, I guess it is what it is. Right now they see a leader failing and someone stepping up to do something about it who's outside of the government. Uh, and, and in a sense, that is a very real element, right? Like, <laughs> I don't want to dive into real-world politics, but I think you can kind of see the echoes of, of, of some reality when you uh, 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 have a person step up who's like, hey, you don't need the government. I'm outside the government. I don't do the way things these jokers do it. I do it differently. And how that can be appealing to a lot of people who uh, have been sort of <laughs> led astray by the government. And that's what these people sort of feel like at this point, that their government has led them astray. This pacifism isn't working out because we're getting attacked by intergalactic gangsters. So, yeah. And, and now we get to a, a, a sort of a montage scene of Death Watch rounding up the Pikes, rounding up uh, Black Sun, rounding up Maul with a, with a staged lightsaber versus darksaber battle. Uh, it's all very interesting. Death Watch stepping in to save the citizenry. Death Watch protecting the people. Again, this is a, this is a battle to win the hearts and minds of the citizens of Sundari and Mandalore by doing these things, by, by being the saviors. Uh, it's, and it's, it's highly effective. Satine, I think, is obviously very aware that this is probably the work of Vizsla and Death Watch, that they have somehow uh, manufactured this situation. Uh, she seems to be very on, on top of things, but how does she prove that other than baseless accusations, right? She has no proof. Uh, it, it seems like an oversight that the Duchess does not have some sort of, or at least something that we're, an organization that we're privy to, knowing about, some sort of intelligence bureau that she could have dispatched to, you know, probably keep an eye on Vizsla. That'd be one of those guys you might want to kind of keep an eye on while they're at large in the galaxy doing God knows what. Uh, but yeah, there, there's no, there's no, nothing like that in, in at least a, a, as far as we can tell, there's nothing like that in Satine's government uh, to, to sort of prepare to, to, to have knowledge of these things in advance. And that does seem like a big oversight. Uh, her, her pacifist regime is, is all, seems, seems to be a tad naive in, in many instances uh, where they think they have like this sort of pacifist paradise but again, they had no knowledge of, of Vizsla's going, comings and goings and what he's been up to out in the galaxy. And again, I think that's a person that would be a person of interest you might want to kind of keep track of. But, you know, what do you know? You, you may run 200, 2,000 independent worlds, uh, but, you know, but if you don't, have, you don't have your eye on the guy who's trying to take it all away from you, see, again, not a, not, a great, not a great decision by Satine. Eh, what are you going to do? All right, let's get to the next chunk of the episode. And that next chunk of the episode being um, the turning of the tides, right? The people are chanting Vizsla's name in the streets after rounding up the Shadow Collective and the various elements of it. And now they are, are essentially storming the thorn, throne room to, uh, in their minds, reclaim the throne. And we're, you know, we're going to let Vizsla do a little monologuing here. But, you know, Satine, true to her word as a pacifist, Wants no bloodshed. This this will be a smooth transition of power. She she sees the writing on the wall here. Let's go ahead and play the sequence. No, there will be no bloodshed. But Duchess, I will not be provoked to violence by these terrorists. Listen, Duchess. Do you hear the people? They cry out for change. Your weak-minded rule of Mandalore is at an end. 
The resurrection of our warrior past is about to begin. All right, and so they <laughs> depose of the Duchess. It's time to uh, send her <laughs> to prison, <laughs> which is an interesting call, I think, as well. Though I suppose if you dispose of the depose of a, of a leader of the government, um, I guess you, I guess you, you can lock him up, right? Maybe they're they're saying. You know, by failing the people, she's committed an act of treason here. Uh, or, or at the very least, I mean, you just lock up your, your political en enemies to make sure they don't cause any trouble in the streets. Because, again, you know, you know Satine is going to make that call to a certain Jedi friend of hers. <laughs> but, but maybe by having her in lockup, uh, that precludes that from happening in, at this point. Even though, you know, well, we'll get, to, we'll get to Vizsla's promise here in a minute. But now that Vizsla and the Death Watch have what they want... They're about to try and turn the tables on Maul and the Shadow Collective. So in a very public spectacle, Death Watch has the leaders of the criminal syndicates that, that invaded Mandalore on display, arrested, and they're going to be hauled off to prison. The people shouting Vizsla's name, and he's just eating it up. Meanwhile, back in the uh, Mandalorian prison complex, Satine is in her cell uh, screaming, about how how this will all be undone, it will be exposed that that Vizsla has manufactured all this. That the the going back to their warrior ways is not the path, and and that draws the attention of the neighboring cell and former Prime Minister Almec, who was locked up by at the end of the Mandalore plot back in season two of the series, and now Almec and Satine get a little bit more acquainted, and Almec sort of begins to point out all the different ways. Uh, in which her government has has not served the people, and and what Almec did was for the people. So I want to bring in this little bit of, co of a conversation because the the reintroduction of Almec is obviously going to be something fairly important. So check it out. Here for a visit, or has peace betrayed you too, Duchess? Peace exists only in the minds of the faithful. And faith has been the greatest disappointment. Only when it is broken. What you did for the people as Prime Minister betrayed their trust. And you betrayed mine. Destitution leaves little room for faith. My actions allowed the people hope in your leadership. The supplies I bought on the black market kept you in power. Another era of judgment. The people made willing sacrifices for their freedom. Corruption is not the answer. <laughs> Then enjoy your freedom, Duchess. You'll have plenty of time to tell me all about it. And this scene essentially serves to show that 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 just as Opre the Savage and Maul had talked about, there is another person on Mandalore who would be happy to step in and, and be the puppet leader for the Shadow Collective. Uh, and, and so we are reintroduced to Almec, who believes he's serving the people, who wants to serve the people in, in this fashion uh, and, and has sort of like the moral flexibility to uh, be what Maul and Savage need. But first, the table, again, Vizsla has not committed his, his act just yet. So let's go ahead and get to that. So yeah, so here it is. Let's, let's cue it up. Maul coming to see pre Vizsla, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Get all my Vizsla's mixed up here for a second. Come to see Pre Vizsla, and uh, Vizsla has got himself a little council formed. 
That should be interesting, right? All right, let's hear it. The transition of power will be seamless. We now have the support of the people and Satine to bait Kenobi. With his demise, our deal will be complete. Your oversight requires correction. We now have a base, an army, and the means to expand to other neutral systems. It wasn't an oversight. It was intentional. I don't have an interest in the other systems. Your vision no longer matters. All right, so they pull their guns on Maul. He willingly submits to being uh, placed in restraints. This is where <laughs> I have a bit of an issue. Now, listen, I understand. It's, it's A, it's Star Wars. B, it's, it's an animated uh, series that was aimed at children, <laughs> despite having like some serious, serious uh, uh, plot lines and, and themes. But, you know, so you're, you're not going to, you know, shoot Maul in the back of the head on what is essentially a, a, a children's television series. It, it's just not going to play. Now, that being said, you know how the episode ends. And there apparently there was a cut, a very different cut, if you know what I mean, of, of the end of the episode <laughs> that we'll talk about when we, when we get to it. But it feels to me that this is when you just shoot Maul in the back of the head. I get it. It's a kid's show. <laughs> it doesn't serve the plot. You're not going to get to see that on television. But if this were a real situation... Um, you shoot Maul dead right now. Just call it a day. Be done with it. Don't put this guy in lockup. Don't keep this guy alive. Don't let him draw breath. You, you've seen what he can do, what he's capable of. The the arrogance of, of Previsla to think he can lock up Maul and keep him there uh, is, is, it's, A, it's erroneous, it's egregious, and it's just plain ridiculous. <laughs> That's what that is, my friends. Holy Toledo. But it serves our story in, in the sense that we need it to. Uh, and so we, so we go along with it. And Maul seems to be, again, Maul is not going to put up a fight because he knows this is the play. He knows that Vizzle was going to betray him. And this is the moment, right? How much did he foresee? How much did he predict it would be now? Uh, that's to be determined, right? Like we, we can talk about that and debate that back and forth endlessly. Uh, but the timing is... Again, somewhat fortuitous, as he'll be locked up with Savage, which, again, seems like a poor choice. <laughs> and uh, the sequence where uh, Maul, I believe Maul says to Savage, I'd like to tour this facility. And, and using the, the, the force, Savage you know, shatters the, the I, I don't want to call it glass. I'm, that's, that's, not, that's not the word I'm thinking of. But shatters the, the, the confines of their, their pure prison so they can simply walk out and be amongst the, uh, uh, the the jailers and the jailed, and kind of view the uh, <laughs> premises. I don't know. That's not the word I want, but that's what I have right now, uh, which will lead them to uh, a confrontation with Satine. Now, now again, what's of interest here is the public spectacle that's made of Maul before he's turned into the prison complex. You know, he's put on stage in front of the people of Mandalore. This will have a consequence. And again, is it by design? Does Maul allow this to happen? Is, is one of those things you have to wonder. Is this part of his plan as well to sort of gain this attention? I don't feel like it is just yet, but it was inevitable, right? What happened on Mandalore was going to catch the eyes of somebody. And again, we'll, we'll spend more time with that in the next episode. Uh, but yeah, a, a, a public display of, of Maul's arrest 
uh, again, there's a getting and in, in, in craving more of the attention from the people and, and them chanting his name and all those good things. But let's get to the beef, right? Let's get to <laughs> let's, let's get to Vizsla. I'm sorry. Oof. Let's get to Maul and Savage touring the premises looking for their new puppet. So yeah, I'm going to play the first sequence here with Maul introducing himself to Satine, which eventually will lead him to Almec. You are the now former Duchess Satine, are you not? What do you want, you monster? Mm, nothing yet, but I will have a use for you in time. Where are the other leaders of your people? You should know already. They've either sided with Vizsla, or have been killed. There's no one left now but Almec and I, but he's as corrupt and vile as you. Really? <laughs> Thank you for being so cooperative. Yeah, that sounds like the kind of person that Maul would like on his side. So let's go ahead and see the introduction between Maul and Almec. Almec? Yes? I can deliver you from this prison. What was your position in this government? I'm the former Prime Minister. Sakin imprisoned me on charges of corruption and conspiracy for using the black market. He's a murderer. He caused the death of children. Wait. That's the sound of Savage force choking a Mandalorian guard. What do you want from me? Mandalore is in need of a prime minister. I thought you were in league with Pre Vizsla. That is the sound of the Mandalorian Death Watch guard being uh, killed. That was that nice crunchy noise. We were. Well, clearly you are powerful, but how can two of you overthrow Vizsla and his supporters? Vizsla is a soldier, and like every soldier, he is bound by honor. I will challenge him to single combat in front of his men. He will not deny me. Ooh, if you defeat him, according to the ancient laws of Mandalore, his soldiers will be honor-bound to follow you. Precisely. And so here we go. We are about to get to an incredible fight that I just delight in. Lightsaber, Maul's lightsaber versus the Darksaber. I think we know how this is going to turn out <laughs> if you haven't seen the episode. Um, spoilers for you. But you had time. It came out January 26, 2013. So, you, you, you know, it's like 10 years old at this point. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's get to it because I love the sequence where Maul issues the challenge. So I'm going to go ahead and hit you guys with that real quick. Let's do it. All right, so we're all queued up and ready to go. But one of my favorite parts of this episode is what happens to open the sequence. It's it's Vizsla in the throne room, surrounded by his Death Watch officers, uh, including Bo-Katan. Uh, and, and he gets a, a hologram message from one of the guards outside of the, of the throne room, right? And it's basically a hologram of a Death Watch soldier being force choked. And then the doors open, and that guard being force choked is being thrown into the room by Savage Opress with Maul right behind him and Almec in tow. Yeah, it's a great 
sequence. I think it, it's very visually stunning. I, again, I sort of like the, the hologram and then it kind of coming to life through the chamber doors. Excellent stuff. And now here is the challenge being issued. And this is Sam Witwier at his Darth Mauliest. So get ready for this one. I challenge you, one warrior to another, and only the strongest shall rule Mandalore. So be it. Give him his weapon. All right, now it's time for combat. And again, if you've seen the episode, you know I love the visuals of the light of the dark saber in action. Sort of like this strange sweeping black void across the screen. It looks glorious. Uh, it was a, it's an effect I wish we got to see a little bit more of in, in depth in the live action sh uh, uses of the dark saber. But this still looks great. Uh, and this is our first instance of, of the trial by combat to determine the rule of Mandalore, right? They don't, they, it's not implicitly implied in this episode that possession of the Darksaber is required to rule Mandalore, but it, it does seem to be the the <laughs> sort of like the perk, right? It's, it's all make, make it sound like all he has to do is defeat Pre Vizsla, and then he he therefore would have the loyalty of his soldiers. But as we know know from the, now know from the Mandalorian, possession of the Darksaber also entitles him to that leadership role of all of Mandalore. So this is our, our first time really kind of diving into those uh, specific avenues in relation to the Darksaber and, and the rule of Mandalore. Uh, we, we, we will spend a lot of time analyzing how this all works over the next bunch of years because, again, there's sort of questions about it, right? It's not a hard, fast, defined set of rules they've given us. We're just sort of left to interpret these things as, as we get some like, information and we reassess the information that we've gotten from, like, Clone Wars and Rebels and things like that. But the Darksaber in action, it's, it's, it's striking. It's a great fight sequence. Uh, the murals in the background uh, are, are fun to look at, too, of, of, of Satine and the different art, art styles that are enabled. Uh, there's also, if you look throughout the episode, I, I meant to mention it earlier, uh, but if you go throughout the episode, there are uh, pockets here and there where you see more murals in the background on Mandalore that sort of depict uh, the, the history of the Mandalorians and, and Jedi in combat against each other. So that's, that's kind of an interesting thing to keep an eye on in the background of, of, of several of the shots in the episode. So, so a fun little thing here. Uh, let's go ahead and, and sort of <laughs> get to the end of Pre Vizsla, if you will. So it's, combat appears to be at its end. Vizsla's down and out. Using the Force, Maul summons the Darksaber to his hand and engages the blade. Like you said, only the strongest shall rule. Bo-Katan freaks out <laughs> at the sight of Pre Vizsla being decapitated. Apparently, there uh, allegedly there was also a shot of Vizsla's head rolling down the stairs that was edited out due to its graphic nature. <laughs> um, but Bo Katan, this is another element where I wonder about Bo Katan and Pre Vizsla's relationship. Was there something more than sort of like their their working relationship? Was there a, a uh, another connection between the two? Uh, because her reaction is very again. We only focus on Bo, but. 
None of her, none of the other subordinates of Death Watch seem to have the same reaction that she does to the death of Pre Vizsla. Uh, and now we see what is the beginning of the next Mandalorian Civil War right here in the throne room as lines are drawn. Let's go ahead and play out the sequence. I claim this sword and my rightful place as leader of Death Watch. Never. No outsider will ever rule Mandalore. If you will not join me, you will all die. You're all traitors. Unfortunately for you, history will not see it that way. Execute them. All right, so Bo-Katan and the forces that are loyal to her ideology that no outsider will ever rule Mandalore uh, make their daring escape as the forces of Death Watch, who are loyal to Maul, turn on them. And again, like I said, this is the beginning of the next Mandalorian Civil War right here. It starts in, the, in, this, in that throne room. They make their daring escape, and it's an excellent sequence as they get out of there, jump off ledges, jetpack away. It's great stuff. It's really, really, really well done. Now we get to the end of the episode uh, where we get a little bit of, a, of, of the spin on, on Pre Vizsla's death. Almec installed now as prime minister once again, as the leader of the people, essentially Maul's puppet leader. Uh, and we're going to place uh, – uh, but how do we explain the death of Pre Vizsla to the people? They hailed him as their hero. So what do we do? Well, let's let Almec explain exactly what happened to Pre Vizsla. Hear me now. Duchess Satish, the so-called pacifist, who could not protect you when your lives were at stake, has murdered Previsus, the true hero of Mandalore. Satin is now under arrest, and it was Previsus' last command that I be reinstated as Prime Minister. I know my past is checkered, but I promise you, I take full responsibility for my people. And my heart now bleeds for your pain. However, from this point on, Mandalore will be strong, and we will be known as the warriors we were always meant to be. So yeah, the hearts and the minds of people now belong to Almec. If only they knew who was pulling this puppet's strings. Let's again, let's close out the episode because uh, hey, it's good stuff. You have done well, Prime Minister. I shall waste no time in building my administration. Choose wisely. I will hold you personally responsible for their failures. Yes, Master. Uh, is there anything more you require? Go. Rule my people. Boom. And there it is. Maul. Run Mandalore. Ooh, oh boy. 
maybe the, you know we look we look back now. Maybe destabilizing Duchess of Teen wasn't a great idea in the long run. Mandalore's history gets real crazy, real complicated after that. That is a fact, my friends. But a great episode nonetheless. Nine buckets, no doubt about it. And we're setting the stage for the big one next week. It's we're we're, we're uh, I don't want to say closing out the Mandalore storyline necessarily, but we're closing out this arc in the Mandalorian storyline. And it's it's huge. It's big. It's massive. It has so many things. It's like almost the perfect episode. It, it's got a lot. And I cannot wait for us to watch it together. So happy you were here for this one today. Again, if you didn't watch the episode or it's been a long time, revisit this one. It's a gem. It's it's really good stuff. This Again, this, this three-episode arc on Mandalore and then the next four-part arc to close out the season, focusing on Ahsoka, are... Star Wars The Clone Wars at its absolute finest. It is mwah, beautiful stuff. So, so good. So revisit it. Watch it with your friends. Watch it with your kids. Make people sit there, tape their eyelids open, and be blown away by the Star Wars that they are seeing. Because it is, again, it is the juiciest of the meat. It's so good. Delicious. Now I'm getting hungry. I'm going to go make dinner. All right. Let's. <laughs> Thank you, Bucketheads. Thank you, Buckethead Nation. I'm so glad you're here. Nargai Tom, and I, I thank you for supporting all the small independent Star Wars podcasts that are out there, but in particular this one. Reach out to me on social media at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. Email the show at MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. And if possible, whatever platform you're on, if it offers a, a review feature, sweet, sweet, sweet. Five-star reviews, so insanely helpful. I truly, truly appreciate the time and the effort you guys put into these. Thank you in advance. Yes. All right, Bucketheads, let's get out of here. Let's call it a day. Go out there. Be great Star Wars fans. Be supportive of other Star Wars fans and their ideas and their their theories and, and, and thoughts on things, even if they're crazy. Just be nice about it. It's all good. We're in this together. We are the fandom, and we want to be the best version of the fandom we can be. So with that being said, <laughs> this podcast can only end one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. I suppose you'll be heading out. I'm not. You should. It's against the creed. I gave you my word. I'm with you until we both fall. You really buy into that bent of thought of? I do. Good.